Welcome in. Tuesday edition of the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN. 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online at SEMOESPN.com. Six days until Christmas. Do you have your Christmas shopping done? Welcome into the huddle. Eric Sean and the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer, Jess Bolin, inviting you to join us. Here's our huddle hotline number powered by EBOMD, 573-334-1220. The EBOMD huddle hotline. Jess Bolin in the house. Six days until Christmas. You ready? Uh, actually, I'm getting, yeah, I'm very close. Not quite there. Not but, quite. No, but uh, I've done some heavy business in the last five days. Heavy business? Yeah, going around and saying, give me that, give me that. Maybe they'll like this, maybe they won't. Save receipts. <laughs> hey, you know, a lot of places, I mean, and I'm talking brick-and-mortar places, We'll give you a gift receipt, or it doesn't give a, a total on it. But that sounds good, but when you take it back to the store, and if they want to exchange it, they're going to tell them how, how much credit they've got. So they're going to find out how much you spent anyway. Well, I got the receipt what I paid in my wallet, So some of those items, so... It'll be just, a big you, argument if they want to take it back and they can't get the right credit for it or money. If you're wrapping it, do you just put the receipt in there just in case? No. You wait I for a I receipt if, request. If, yeah, I, I say I've got the receipt if you want it. Gotcha. Like that. But I I got one gift for someone that I'm kind of shaky about whether they'll like it. It's a good gift. You know, um, well, I, well, I call a good gift anything over a hundred, and um, so it's well over that. But you never know if somebody will like this thing, you know. And if you you can tell when they open it, if, you know, oh, <laughs> he got me this uh, that they don't like it. Like when you were a kid and you'd get socks and underwear, and you're like, yeah. God, what is, what is happening? What is transpiring we, here? We weren't wealthy enough to get socks and underwear. You might get underwear, you might get socks, but you're not going to get very much. There wasn't much to give. It just wasn't that way with me. And I didn't take Christmas. The The big thing with our family at Christmas was we all got together, the kids. Now, the kids, you know, my dad would sit on the floor by the Christmas tree. He loved to hand out presents to kids. And so that we kind of enjoyed that, you know, part of it. And mom would always have a lot of food to eat, so coffee to drink, that kind of thing. You're so, drinking coffee as a kid? Oh, yeah. 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 But um, that's the biggest thing, anyway, about Christmas. Or remember why you're celebrating it, the birth of Jesus Christ, and keep it sane and... Um, so what you're saying is remember the reason for the season. Yeah. 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 And I'd be be a lot of people traveling. In fact, my daughter and son in law are coming in for Columbia, Kim and Darren. And uh, you always worry about people being on the highway, you know, but uh, 
it, it's a special time of the year. Now, I guess it's the kids' favorite holiday, don't you think? I mean, why wouldn't it be? You get gifts and think about it all year. And um, I know Tom's got some little ones, and Kim's got some. Well, Kim's grandkids are in high school. <clears throat> and um, when you get those kids get in high school, they they know what they want. They're not too, you know, quiet about it. They'll put it out there, the teenagers. But uh, Blakely's not there yet, the little girl. So, so you got your shopping done? Shopping's done. It's done. Okay, well. So the uh, the lovely and talented Don Sean had a great idea for our kids. You know those little picture albums. I'm not talking about the big ones, but like four by six yeah. type things. So she's she's putting little notes in each one of the pages, and you flip the page, and there's a gift card related to what is written on each of the pages. Very, very cute. So they're getting a bunch of different types, kinds of gift cards. Good idea. Chloe, my oldest daughter, loves Starbucks. So she's got Starbucks. They they love both of them. Josie and Chloe love Bath bath and Body Works. So we've got some of those gift cards, food gift cards. Gift cards used to not be very popular. It was almost an insult to give gift cards just like Jerry Seinfeld when he got a gift of a paperweight a rock it's not much of a gift but he, uh, he didn't like it when he got cash either no yeah no, no. well Elaine didn't like it yeah. that's a big thing and yeah. Seinfeld remember he gave her 192 dollars or something then George went half that and they both got it insulted her and then Kramer came in. He got her just exactly what she wanted with that bench. That's where I first heard William Butler Yeats' uh, philosophy poem when Kramer wrote in her card, think where man's glory most begins and ends, and say my glory was I had such a friend. That's the first time I heard that. Yeah, but George did not get a Christmas card. No. He, was, he was upset about it. Yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> that was a good episode, folks. If you want to see it, uh, I don't know how it's listed in. Uh, if it, you know, if you pull, want to pull it up, I don't know how. I don't know the name of that certain episode, but uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> they call me Nip. And uh, that was also the episode where Jerry got picked, got caught. With a pick at a light. Pick at a light, yeah. By the... Uh, Cal- I was on the by outside. The, by the Calvin Klein model. Yeah, clearly on the outside of the nostrils. Was there any nostril penetration? There might have been some incidental penetration, but from her position, she was no angle to make the call. <laughs> I am not an animal. <laughs> so last night, we uh, we wrapped up the week in the National Football League with Monday Night Football Eagles were a favorite. They had lost two in a row. Looked like they were going to win the game. Uh, Geno Smith, starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, out with an injury. And former Mizzou Tiger Drew Locke 
chance to win the game, but he was going to have to go 92 yards on the final drive, and with 28 seconds to play, Drew Locke did this. Locke, end zone, it is caught, touchdown, Seattle. Yeah, the... Smith and Jigba. He drops down. Locke recognizes that he's got one-on-one, and it's just there's nothing really to the route other than he's just running a flat go route. And Smith and Jigba, that's a great job of, of reeling it in. On the right edge of the end zone, about midway back, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba making the catch. It was a fabulous throw and an even better catch over the shoulder to win the game. And Drew Locke leads a stunning upset of the Philadelphia Eagles, who have suddenly drawn even with the Cowboys at 10-4, and and they have lost three in a row. And all at once, Philadelphia Eagles look a little bit common on defense. And, you know, they say, well, they played a good game. They held them under 20 points um, deep into the game. But, you know, good defense are are scored or judged by what you do in the key part of the moment, the big moment of the game. And that's no, not any bigger than that when you got to go 90-something yards for a touchdown and you give all of it up. So their defense looks like it needs to be not as good as what we thought. You think Cowboys owner Jerry Jones lit a cigar after oh, gosh, Drew Locke yes. yeah. beat the Eagles? He might send him a Christmas box of cigars because um, that was totally unexpected for Drew Locke to come in there. He had played, what, two games in two games this year? I think that's what he said on his interview. And uh, he was really emotional after that win. But, um, you know... When you don't get to play a lot and you go in and you play well, and he did, and you get that game-winning touchdown, it, uh, it kind of restores your confidence a little bit that, hey, maybe I can play in this league. Because, boy, he was good at Missouri. But the Eagles, I'm not so sure they're going to win that division now. Dallas and them are tied. And... Uh, Three games left. Miami's toughest game, I guess. Well, they play Miami on the road and then Detroit at home. So that Detroit game is kind of a up in the air. You never know. Detroit could come in there and really give them a game because Detroit, forget about the old Lions. This team's pretty good. Two of the three remaining games for Dallas are on the road. Keep in mind they're three and four on the road. As you mentioned, this Sunday... Christmas Eve at Miami, then on the 30th, they're home against Detroit, and then they wrap it up at the Washington Commanders. Whether Ron Rivera has been fired by then, don't know. Uh, I don't think anybody doesn't think that they're going to beat the Commanders. The Eagles have one of the easiest remaining schedules, Jess. They get a Monday game on Christmas Day at home against the Giants. Then they host Arizona. Then they go to the Giants. 
Well, that ought to be if they don't wins. go if they don't go three and zero. There's problem. Well, they don't deserve to win the division title if they can't win those three games. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we understand, or I do. You may not, but anytime no. you play a team, you know, that's in your your level in your league or in your conference, you can get beat. You know, these are still NFL great players on Washington. You know, and Giants. They got, but not just not to the level of. The Eagles, that doesn't mean you're going to win all the time. Just look at last night's game. There you are. I mean, Seattle's better than the Giants or the Commanders. But still, a quarterback that hasn't really played this year much at all and, you know, hurts okay to play for the Eagles, you know, that's a game you should win. So it's not always a lock when you're playing the Giants or, you know, easier teams. But, man, if they can't win those last three, if they would have won last night, the Eagles, they might have pretty well locked up that division title. You know what I mean? It, considering it, who they're going to be playing last three. Because they'd have a one-game lead on Dallas. Dallas could get beat at Miami. If you're an Eagles fan, though, you've lost three in a row. Your team goes on the road to play a team that has their backup who has played in two games. You're thinking, okay, now Jalen Hurts had been under the weather. He was questionable with an illness, whether or not he'd play. He threw two picks last night. He ran for a couple of scores. But that's got to be concerning right now with the Philadelphia Eagles going on the road and losing that game. Like I say, uh, defense should show up every game. And that's the part that would bother me if I was Eagles coach is when the chips are on the table, a team goes 92 yards with a backup quarterback to beat you. And Nick Sirianni, the head coach, just appointed Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator to make the defensive calls for that game. And they give up the 92-yard drive. I wonder if the pencil behind his ear fell out, whether the crumbs in his beard fell out. Uh, Matt Patricia didn't get it done. And after the game, here is the former Mizzou Tiger, Drew Locke, on a big win. Amazing won't do it justice. Amazing won't do it justice. But amazing also doesn't do justice with the O-line, what DK did on that catch, what the receivers did, what Ken Walker Zach Charbonnet did all game long, the tight ends, man. It takes a special group to rally around a guy that, you know, has come into his second game of the year, right? Used to the same thing all year long, same cadence, same spin of the ball, everything. A team like that, not just the offense, the defense to rally around. Me tonight, man, that was that was amazing. I see some, I hear some emotion in your voice. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Um, I'm just blessed. I'm just blessed. Blessed with a great group of guys, a great city, great coaching staff. It's just, it's, it's awesome. It's a wow. Drew, when did you even know you were going to be playing tonight? Oh, there's a long story going in that one. But I kept the mentality that I was going to play, regardless of what was going on, how people were looking and whatnot. I was just like, you know what, you're going to go out there and play. So just be ready to play. Found out when we got here that I was going to get the nod and roll the dice, baby. Let's go. An emotional Jess drew lock after the football game. Yep. 
And that sports does that to you. I mean, uh, I agree. Said you know it's you got to rally around each other. And I think when a backup quarterback, backup goaltender, or someone that don't get much playing time, you know, I'll talk about that a lot about uh, the Blues when they put a rookie goaltender in there. How much better the defense is in front of it because they know that the kid is probably nervous and you know you just know that and i'm sure drew lock last night was nervous even on that 92 yard drive and to be able to succeed at a high level you know pro football is a high level it's the best players in the world and some couple guys made really good catches for him and everything but that's that's okay that's what they're supposed to do too they're the best receivers in the world and you're supposed to show it you know, it's like Kadarius Tony does game in and game out. Yeah, that's yeah. why we talk about Kansas City. You know, that's why I, the way I would have a little talk if I was coaching Kansas City's receiver, especially Tony. This is the ultimate goal that everybody has is to get to this level. And if you want to stay at this level, you got the ability to do it, but you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to show us. And you can call that whatever you want to that kind of meeting, but I've had that kind of meeting with lots of players in my life. You know, you got to get the best out of the player that they got, and however you have to do it as a coach, you do it. And everybody might, you know, have different ways they do it. Um, I remember there's one player for me. He wound up playing at Murray State. Well, uh, he could fly. Center fielder, <laughs> great glove, good hands when he get to the ball and everything. Wasn't hitting a lick, and I thought, you know, gosh, you're you're way better than this. So I just set him down, a doubleheader, and he was starting center fielder. And after the game, I told him, I said, you know what? you got much, much more ability than you're showing me. And you're going to have to show me if you want to play here. Period. Uh, that's a little harsh maybe for college kids, but they hear it from their coach too. They don't think they don't. And all at once, he blossomed and was a center fielder boy. And, and I thought he might even get signed out in Wichita. That's how good he played in the national tournament. So, you know, whatever you do, have to do to get the best of an athlete, that's, your, that's what your job is. If you're, if you're a manager or coach or head coach or whatever, that's what you're there for. And I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers, and they, hey, believe me, they probably had that kind of talk, some of those guys. But I always like Tim McCarver's statement. It's a big leagues, man. <laughs> uh if you want to know why the Chiefs may not have home field advantage this year, go back to the Eagles game, ball right in the hands of Valdez Scantling for the go-ahead and potential game-winning touchdown, flat out dropped it. Right there, perfect throw. Then they play Green Bay. No pass interference called on the same player, Valdez Scantling. Pass interference is called. Chiefs get it at the five-yard line. They're going to go in and win the game. 
Buffalo Bills, they appeared to score the go-ahead touchdown, probably the game winner. No, no, Kadarius Tony offsides. You know, when, when you got dropped passes. That's the way things have happened for the Chiefs. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you got dropped passes, and the Chiefs, uh, I don't know if they still are, but they were leading the league and dropped passes. They still are. And, if, if you know, then you, you hear these talk shows, oh, yeah, Mahomes is not as good as he was. But if you take half of those, I remember the last t- total I heard was 26 drop passes. There's probably more than that now. And a drop pass, if you if you call a ball a drop pass, it's a ball that should be caught, you know, with reasonable effort. And so if you say if you got 26 drop passes and you you catch half of those and drop it to 13, those six receptions, how much is that going to change the numbers and maybe the points on Mahomes? And this is balls that he's thrown that should be caught, that's dropped. But if you just give him half of those, give him 13 receptions, his yardage is going to go sky high. His quarterback rating is going to go way up. It's amazing how much one base hit a week and you know can make a difference in a guy's batting average. Just one. And um, so I, he, he, but they're always wanting to jump on a quarterback or like, well, like Mahomes and his level maybe not there. His quarterback success rate on passes not there. Quarterback ratings, you know. And no, other, it's, it's, defini- people, it's definitely his fault. The receivers are dropping balls and they cannot get separation from defensive backs. So after Monday night games, Scott Van Pelt always talks with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, and here's the discussion after Drew Locke threw the game-winning touchdown last night. This is Locke, the backup, and the emotion was so palpable, and you imagine what a moment like that must mean to him. But what does it mean to this team, given where they are on the back end of the NFC playoffs? They hadn't been playing well. To win this game this way, how does it propel them? Well, it gives them some momentum, of course, as they go down the stretch. But I I think anyone who was surprised by this probably hasn't followed Pete Carroll while he's been here in Seattle because it just feels like whenever he's had his back against the wall or his teams have, they find a way to win. We saw it for years with Russell Wilson. But to piggyback off of what Joe said, when Drew Locke came over, I think the expectations within the organization a year ago was that he was going to be the guy. And he was in this competition with Geno Smith. He loses that. Geno has a great year. And then when we talked to him coming into this game, you could just tell that there was a lot of growth that had happened since since last year. And he was he was appreciating the moment. And, and, and you felt that in Lisa's interview, the emotion that he felt. And, and that last drive, I said it before it started, that it was going to be the drive of his career. Uh, the most important drive of his career, and he delivered. And, you know, he's going to be celebrating somewhere tonight, and he should be. Yeah. Drive is his career. And Joe Buck, uh, before the drive started, because the drive started at their eight-yard line, Joe Buck said, uh, right now for Drew Locke and the Seahawks, it's first and 92. (laughs) And they got Yeah, it's a pretty good call. Got 92. And, you know, I want to see the Eagles win, but. I was simply to, because you don't like the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. But I was also pulling for Drew Locke. I mean, Missouri, Missouri, back, and um, 
So I'm not disappointed in it. I just uh, maybe Dallas will get beat down at Miami. Don't know if Tyreek Hill is going to play in that game. I like Miami's chances a heck of a lot better if he does play. Oh, now, yeah. they didn't need him against the sad sack Jets. I'd have to wear a sack over my head if I was a Jets fan when I go to the games. Because I wouldn't want anybody to know I was there. They're that, they're that bad. And um, the Giants are not much better. But they are better than Jets. Jets got, uh, you know, if Jets had a quarterback now, you might see a little different story because they got a good defense. But they they can't score points. I think everybody in the world thought that Seahawks would get beat last night. If you had money and made a bet, and you bet on the Hawks winning that game last night, you might have made a little money. Because I bet the odds were really high, even though they're playing a home game. I don't know what the line was before the game, but I'd say that uh, the line might be as high as seven for the Eagles. Yeah, I don't know how the illness and questions about whether or not Jalen Hurts was going to play affected the line, and then... Questions about whether Geno Smith was going to play. Well, it both, would affect, both quarterbacks were questionable, and that affects lines. Yes, it does. And the uncertainty of Hurt playing certainly would drop the line down if you were an Eagle fan and betting on the Eagles. But uh, it still would be the Eagles' favorite, I'm sure of that. And um, probably by... Uh, with that questionable decision on Hurt, my, the line might have been like three and a half, something like that. But I'm disappointed in the Eagles myself. Their defense, uh, for me, I think their defense broke down. On you, you know, give up 92 yards like that to a quarterback that hasn't even played hardly any this year. Um. You know, your defense had plenty of chances to stop them and couldn't do it. So, might have a little improvement to do there. I don't Well, who's the Chiefs play this Sunday? Raiders. Well, they've beaten the Raiders, what, 10 in a row? Something like that. Beating them but, a lot. You know, the way the Chiefs are playing right now, I don't think that's a certainty that they were going to beat them. Remember, they were down by 14 (laughs) points against the Raiders when they played them in Vegas. I talk about this quite a bit, but it's not who you're playing, it's how you're playing. I remember back when I was coaching, which ain't been that long ago, but if my team was hitting on all cylinders... In other words, we were playing good defense. We were covering bases well. We threw the right base. We got the bunt down. Uh, you know, these kind of things in the game. And I didn't care then who we played. We played some really, really great teams out in Wichita National Tournament. And sometimes it's still like liberal BJs. The time that Anthony Moppin beat them, they were – 
Jayhawk League champions and then the tournament champions in the Jayhawk League. So they were clearly the best team in the Jayhawk League. And Anthony Maupin and us beat them. And uh, you had to be playing well to beat them. And, and we at that time we were. So I've had good teams that didn't play up to their capabilities. And I've had mediocre teams that played above their uh, level. And and the very best team I had in my life, probably with talent, we didn't even win the Bi-State League. So sometimes, it's just like the Dodgers, the way they're really buildings, just powerhouse. And I agree with what somebody said on MLB, but those kind of teams, history, they don't win. The big one. And so if the Dodgers wind up getting, I don't know, they're, they're, they're kind of interested in quite a few different guys, and they got the money, believe it, with the way the contract set up with Otani. They still got money to spend on another free agent acquisition of Blake Snell or uh, Jordan Montgomery. They, you know, they they could do that and pick up those guys. And so there's no question the Dodgers are loaded with talent. Anytime you got a Mookie Betts in the lineup and Freeman, and <laughs> they just, uh, they're going to be good, but it all boils down to one thing, like we talk about a million times. It's whatever you march out there on that mound is going to make decide how good you are. You taking calls? Oh, yeah. I'd love to have a call. Let's head to the Huddle Hotline, powered by EBOMD. Dave is on the line. Thanks for the call, Dave. Welcome into the Huddle. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Well, we could be better. I think uh, we're dragging a little bit. We had a good show yesterday, but we're kind of going flat. Well, Merry Christmas to you guys. I know I can say that. I don't know if you guys can. I can't. Yeah, uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Hey, uh, you are talking about the Eagles a while ago. My two favorite teams, Jeff, you ain't going to like this. My two favorite teams are the Cowboys and whoever's playing the Eagles. I don't like the Eagles. But the the Eagles are a really good team. But I just don't know that Jalen Hurt is the quarterback that everyone thinks he is. Yeah, I mean, they... he just, he's good, but I don't know that he's – MVP stuff, and just like Dak Prescott, who in the heck thinks Dak Prescott is MVP material? Well, the talking I mean, heads on television uh, had him in the discussion. I don't know what the Vegas odds were saying, but any chance he had of winning the MVP may have gone down the drain with his performance uh, in Buffalo. Well, you, you, I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I mean, I want him to win, but if he's got it pretty daggum stacked around him. I mean, he's got a lot of talent. One of the best offensive lines, one of the best running attacks, one of the best receiving cores. I mean, he's got it. You put you put Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes or Joe Burrow or that kid from the Chargers or the kid from the Jaguars, 
I mean, they're, any of those guys, they'd be expected to win it all if they were playing for the Cowboys. But Dak Prescott, you just don't know where he's going to, what he's going to do. When he gets under pressure, <clears throat> he's not very good. He I've been burnt so many take. times trying to uh, give Cowboys the full respect of being on a different level and kind of predict them to win the division and go farther and everything. I've been burnt so many times by Zach, Dak Prescott that it's hard for me to get on board as he's the MVP. No, but, he's not. Uh, yeah, go ahead. He just, he, he just is not the MVP in any way, shape, or form. I mean, like I said, Pat Mahomes is carrying the Chiefs right now, him and Kelsey. I mean, I don't know why that Tony uh, guy's still on the field. I have no idea. They just they must not have anybody else to stick in there because he just makes so many mistakes that are costly. That's just that that wide receiver room is really thin on playmakers, and Tony has shown his ability to at times be a playmaker. Uh, especially with his touchdown in the Super Bowl. And so that's why he has been given a lot of slack and a lot of rope because even the New York Giants, who are bereft of talent on offense, cut him after they drafted yeah. him in the first round. They'd seen yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, just I'm going to jump around here for just a second, but I'm a, uh, what do you guys think of the Kentucky Wildcats this year? I mean, in basketball, I think they're a. I think they're going to be, I mean, right in the thick of it at the end when those freshmen grow up just a little bit more. They're amazing. That's just uh, it. They are so young, and you don't know uh, year in and year out how quickly these freshmen <clears throat> are going to develop and get used to Division One basketball. But in terms of talent, uh, they have the talent to challenge for an SEC crown. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Right now, they're ranked ninth. Uh, and in the SEC, there are three ranked teams, Kentucky 9, Tennessee 8, and Ole Miss is ranked 25th. Yeah, they're pretty good. Hey, Jess, real quick question is from a coaching standpoint. I heard something over the weekend, and I'd be interested to get your take on it. John Calipari who's a fantastic recruiter, but I'm not sure he's a, such a great coach. I'd never have thought he was. But uh, he said something over the weekend. He told those boys in the North Carolina game that with 11 seconds left with the lead to foul when they came across the half-court half line, and the guy ended up not fouling him, and North Carolina threw the ball away is what ended up happening. It was totally a mistake. But – he asked him after the game, he said, what, you know, I told him to foul, and they, they said they changed their mind. What coach is going to put up with that? Uh, you mean athletes doing what they want to do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, – uh, when I would go out – I've had that to happen to me. Uh, you go to the mound, for instance, in baseball, and you say, I want to pitch this guy this way, okay? I'm going to tell you now what he's strong at. And so stay away from that area, and that's – in that pitch, let's he's make him hit the curveball. He's got to hit the curveball, and then go back to the dugout and the fastball down the middle. And there she goes, uh, and then I, it, up, it upsets me because that's what I'm out there to do is direct traffic with my ball club. So anytime yeah. I'd give a, a direct assignment, 
you know, go to mount, take the time to go to the mountain and pick out this one guy that's going to be batting and, and just tell you right then. I'm not calling pitches in the dugout. I'm telling you right now how to pitch him. And then go back yeah. and he throws something there, then we're going to have a discussion. I I, I don't know. I, 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 I coached a lot of kids when my kid boys were growing up. I had four boys, so did a lot of coaching. But I never could take that. I mean, I never had to deal with it, really. But uh, I don't know how you deal with these coaches, what they deal with now, have to deal with all the – it seems like they – when when you're they're getting an interview, they're they're talking about how they're trying to take the players' feelings into account. On I mean, heck with that. Get out there and play ball, and, and if you don't like how the results are, get better, do better. Sports is about <clears throat> life. Well, with the way that it is now, it's not like it used to be. You've got to think about feelings of players because you may have worked your butt off to recruit a guy. And one thing upsets him, and they—that's it. They're in the transfer portal. That's it. Yeah. I, you just—you got to yeah. coach them different. I mean, every coach yeah. I've talked to says it, it, it's just different now. It that is. doesn't mean you let the inmates run the asylum. You just got to coach different. I know uh, <laughs> the way I coached at the beginning of my career, I couldn't coach that way at the end. Um, I was really high on discipline. Uh, everything had to be right. Uh, new uniforms had to be worn correctly. Your hat had to match everybody else's. You couldn't have different stirrups. You couldn't have different shoes. That's the way I was because there was no discipline whatsoever on the Capital baseball team when I played for them. And so when I started managing, I said, you know, to be a team, you got to look like one. And so now, but you see basketball teams right now, uh, they don't have shoes to match it. Any of them, they got no, green, they I got don't. yellow, they got all of these. See, back in my day, you were issued Converse All Star shoes, and they were free, but they were one. All basketball players wore the same shoes and everything. But anyway, it's not that way now. And if you're going to be a good coach, you have to change with it. You know, with the way you operate your ball club and so i did you know my attitude changed a lot of course when you start winning and you got winning records well then it's a little easier to manage you know and you it's a little easier to maybe alter your thinking a little bit right right hey what one more thing guys then i'll get out of the way here the uh you talked about the baseball cardinals a while ago I, I don't know how everybody else feels, but I am not a Bill DeWitt fan. I I just think he's a horrible owner. He has a lot of bad ideas. Uh, and I think this gambling thing that he's pushing so hard for in the Missouri legislature, and he's pushing a lot of politicians trying to get him to get it, get it okayed, I think that is a can of worms that's going to – I mean, it, it's just a bad – Bad thing to, to to get into. Uh, it's coming. I mean, it's coming. I, I I know, but we got a guy sitting in that's not allowed in the Hall of Fame that had more hits than anybody in the in the history of baseball because of gambling, and that now you got ownership wanting to get gambling in there, and they're the same guys probably voting to keep him out. And it's like, I mean, what what is going on? I mean, it's 
we live in a different world now, and it's and sometimes I think it, I don't think it's a very good one, but that's just my opinion. It's totally different. And when Pete Rose broke one of the sacred rules of baseball, there was a sign in every locker room in baseball about gambling, and he knew what he was doing when it happened. So yes, yeah. all of the professional sports are getting in bed with all of the gambling entities. And so should Pete Rose's case be revisited in that respect? You can make an argument, yes. No, no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. He's, uh, I, I don't think, and, and, and gambling was a bad thing in Pete Rose's day for a reason. It's still a bad thing. It still is not a good thing to, to get involved in. It, it, I mean, you, you got all kinds of uh, therapy places you can go for therapy for that now for a reason <laughs> that's why every every ad for gambling or DraftKings or any of of that stuff is always followed by a disclaimer gambling problem call 1-800 bets off yeah there's a reason yeah. Well, yeah. all right dave great call happy uh happy you. holidays and merry christmas to you you too bye-bye all right that is dave Three three four twelve twenty, the EBO MD Huddle Hotline, and Jess, we've got uh, women's basketball tonight at the Show Me Center. Simo hosting uh, Eastern Kentucky. Now, Simo, women haven't played in a while. What, a week or eight or nine days? Nine and days. So, kind of anxious to see them. Uh, they got some talent on that team. A good opponent tonight. Eastern Kentucky, I think Eastern Kentucky's on your capsule reports, but I think you said nine and three. Um, so it's good, you know, tough opponent. Yeah, they're um, off to their best start since 2001. So it should be a good game because Seymour's got some talent on that team, and they'll they'll compete with Eastern Kentucky, I think. But uh, Eastern Kentucky has the best player in the A Sun. Their leading scorer, she leads their league in scoring. They lead their league in scoring at 78 Ooh, points per game. That's a high average. I mean, so, you've got to look at it this way. If you want to see how high that is, that's, just say it's 80, 80 points you're averaging. There's 70, 78 points something, I'm sure. And you're scoring two points a minute because it's 40 minutes of basketball, four 10-minute quarters. So you're scoring two points a minute. Now, assuming that the other team has the ball half the time, you're scoring four points a minute because you only cut five minutes of each quarter, which is 20 minutes, and four times 20 is 80. So now you get an idea that how how good an average that is. You're scoring averaging four points a minute, and you only get the ball five minutes of the of a quarter. So yeah, that's a that's a great average to have, 78, whatever, plus. But you know what? Good defenses have a way of stopping all of that. So we'll see tonight. 6.30 tip. You uh, you still taking calls? Yes. All right. Let's head back to the EBOMD Huddle Hotline and welcome Chuck into the huddle. Good morning, Chuck. Hey, good morning, guys, and Merry Christmas to both of you. Yeah, you, you too, as well. Chuck. Stay healthy. Hey, Jess, I... Uh, I wanted to mention kind of a congratulations to not necessarily a friend of mine, but somebody I've known for a long time, and that's Rick Weezer. I couldn't believe that he wasn't in the Hall of Fame already for Southeast, and 
What a deserving guy! And now he is, now he he actually is in the Hall of Fame, but he is in with the 1976 SEMO Indian Baseball Team that went to the College World Series and finished third. So he's in the Hall of Fame as part of that team. So right. he is a Hall of Famer, but now he's going in for individuality with what he did on the football and baseball field. And 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 I knew that he was as a as part of a team, but as an individual, right? I'm, I'm just delighted for him. Uh, Mike Wood is a guy I knew up in St. Louis who played football with Rick and just spoke of what a great player he was and a leader. And uh, I'm going to go to that ceremony. I think Jess. I don't know if you are. I imagine you'll be there. Well, I think uh, I should be there. He played for me about seven years, and. Uh, so yeah, I know him very well, and uh, you know I I need to be there. You know I think people that are close to people, and I don't, you know when the guy he played more years for me than he did anybody, and really? so he and you're right about the talent of Rick Weezer in baseball and well football too, but baseball what we're talking about, Chuck he he could play any position, and that really made it easy for me because if someone was missing or hurt. I could just plug Rick in and not have a slack, so he was My good. My son-in-law went out and played flag football with him a few years ago, and Rick's got to be close to the higher sixties or seventy. If I'm at, if you're at, if you're listening, Rick, I'm I'm sorry I, I mentioned your age, but uh, he said Rick was an unbelievable athlete even a few years ago when they went out and threw the football around. He's just a natural. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, some some athletes look. Uh, the game slows down for him, and it, it's amazing. It, you know, they just look like they can play the part. And Rick was one of those guys. And um, I guess Rick played every position for me, maybe uh, except catcher, and maybe first base. I don't ever remember putting him at first, but all the others, second, short, third, all the outfield positions. He played all of those, and he even pitched. He pitched a little bit. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, he come on. The, I had him on the mound, you know, because he could throw strikes, and maybe we were really getting low on pitching. And so I remember he pitched in both games of a doubleheader down in um, in Arkansas one day. And that nineteen seventy five Indian football team that went undefeated in the MIAA. <laughs> Uh, in conference play and won the conference championship, and he was the MIAA MVP. He was injured for the first three games, non-conference games. They lost all three without him in quarterback. He came back from the injury, led him to an undefeated conference record and a conference championship. So that, that shows you how important he was uh, at the quarterback position. And just as a person, you guys both know him. He's just a quality man. And uh, congratulations, Rick. I, I hope to be there that night and, and to share in your uh, accolade. That'll be so neat to be there. Awesome. Take care, guys. All you right, too. Chuck. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. That is Chuck. Appreciate the phone call on the EBOMD Huddle Hotline. Jess and I with a quick timeout back after this. The... 
NFL playoffs will not have a familiar voice. One of the greats of all time was kicked to the curb by NBC. Can you believe that? Sports Auto. It's the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN Radio, 1220 AM, 935 FM. And we're always online at SEMOESPN.com. Women's basketball tonight as the Red Hawks of Rika Patterson take on Eastern Kentucky. Really good team. They are 9-3. and three. Don't play any, each other in the OVC anymore as uh, Eastern Kentucky is in the A-Sun. They had played in three seasons February of 2021, the last time they played, and it was here at the Show Me Center in Eastern Kentucky, won that game. It's a 6-30 game. Jess, legendary Hall of Fame broadcaster Al Michaels has been kicked to the curb by NBC. Uh, he is in the next to last year of his deal, and he is right now working for Amazon Prime. He does the Amazon Prime games, right? Kirk Herbstreet. Well, last year he did playoff football with Tony Dungy. People did not, they're not excited about Dungy, low energy guy. Uh, Either way, Al Michaels was told you are not on the playoff schedule. NBC has four playoff games. Mike Tirico uh, and Chris Collinsworth will handle three of those. And they are giving the other assignment in place of Michaels to the young broadcaster Noah Eagle, who is the son of Ian Eagle, great broadcaster, and Todd Blackledge, who called Big Ten games for NBC. And what a kick in the face that is, a kick in the groin to me for the great Al Michaels, who you can count on one hand in terms of greatest NFL broadcasters ever, and Al Michaels is on anybody's well, list. Well, when you're on that 80s Olympic team broadcast, uh, do you believe in miracles? That is correct. Uh, yeah, he's legendary, no question about it. I don't understand it. They owe him for this year and next year yes. on his contract. Um, <laughs> that that's a, you know that's a shame. A guy's had a, that good a career. That somebody's telling you, even though we owe you a lot of money, we don't want you to do the games. Well, I've followed it all year. On social media, you get a bunch of people that think they are broadcasters and have been ripping Michaels because, first of all, if you've just taken a look at the schedule that Amazon Prime has received from the NFL this year, there's a bunch of garbage and a bunch of bad games. And there has been this groundswell of people ripping Michaels on social media for low energy in the game and not getting excited enough for them because they are, of course, expert broadcasters. <laughs> I I got my feelings about that exciting part of doing a game. Um, I, I, I guess, you know, for ex-broadcasters, I mean, ex-ball players like myself and Troy Aikman and, and, and people that Collinsworth. And that's generally, it seems like what you got is a color man is the next ball player of that sport. It's, they're all over the place. And most of the time, ball players are not excitable, you know, because you have to keep your cool in, in tough situations and games 
And I'm, you know, I remember I I don't get emotional. Uh, I never did with baseball or basketball when I played. It's um, it's just not my nature. Uh, you know, you talk about the dog pile, all you know, and everything. I, you know, I never joined in on none of that stuff. Um, had a couple for the Caps, but um, the only dog pile I would actually went in and got a little flopping around would have been the national championship. And I bet Michael Minter joined the dog pile in that one. Yes, when, he did. When they won it. And so I, that would get me involved in that. But I I don't know. I, I thought Michael's was a professional. And I think if you call the game and you're accurate in your broadcast, shouldn't that be enough? Instead of trying to have you have to show excitement uh, when your two bummed teams are playing, uh, you know, but that's social media for you. They are always going to be somebody on there, or a group of people that no matter what you do, it's wrong. And I hate to hear it about Michaels because I, I respect him as a broadcaster. And um, but that's the way it is in the world today. You gotta please everybody, and it's impossible. Social media mobs can influence decision makers. Interesting. So, uh, no, Al Michaels, and we'll see. You know how he responds to this. Uh, you know he he done some interviews about some of the social media backlash about certain things and if you if you defend yourself it'll, it'd be worse it <laughs> gets worse he then. calls a lot of that stuff social media sewage you know it, it, it doesn't yeah you're not supposed he's not to, paying attention in other words they can say anything they want to about you but you say anything in defense of what they said and now you get double whammied you know for for having the nerve to speak up so it's a it's a no win situation. I don't want to be on everybody that. understands how good Al Al Michaels is on the Mount Rushmore of all yeah. time broadcast. I don't want to be in that group of uh, observers or critics of social media. Do you? I, I'd rather not, you know, not be discussed on it. Probably have been. I don't know. I don't follow that. But there's bound to be criticism of you and I on things we've done. And, you know, somebody you know doesn't like it. We're either homers or we're not excitable enough or, uh, you know, it's it's just a, a no-win situation. Impossible to please everybody. Can't no, you can't. Cannot be done. I don't care who you are. You know, it's are, just like an old statement. You can fool all the people some of the time. And, and I wouldn't say, well, how's that go? You can fool all the people some of the time. And feel none of the people have to know. I don't know. I blew that one. I don't know. But anyway, you're not going to be successful if they start rolling your name around on social media. Not going to happen. Oh, I know. You can fool all the people some of the time, and some of the time you can fool, well, I blew it again. All right. I'm done. That's it? I'm done for that. Yeah. <laughs> After two failures on that a failure to launch on those two ideas hello to the uh radiant and ravishing dawn sean she did uh, great work uh working hard to get all of our christmas presents together for the kiddos uh and i appreciate all of her hard work she cooked a big 
pot of ham and beans. Oh, that sounds good. And cornbread. Do you like ham and beans and cornbread? Absolutely not. You don't? No. Well, I do. She does. That's all that matters. Well, sure. She's got a right to eat what she wants once in a while. I love that uh, ham and beans and cornbread. I, I was raised on that kind of food. And, um, boy, you take, it was the white beans or, or yeah. dark beans? Yep. Oh, that that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I go to a lot of church functions that they invite the public. You buy a ticket and go to church dinners. I don't care what church it is. Because you've always got that choice. You've always they always make ham and beans, seems like, and they always have dumplings. And boy, you talk about now good dumplings food. are a totally different story. Yeah. I'm all on board for chicken and dumplings. Yeah. So you know, hats off to Dawn. She likes that kind of food. Good. She's um entitled to have what she likes. And but I, I like I say, I was I grew up on that, that kind of food. Got a Tuesday uh, nugget for us? Yeah, I want to say hi to my girls, Texas and Columbia, and my boys hanging around this area somewhere. Those who don't believe in magic will never find it. And I do believe that. I believe in magic. Magic of birth of a child. The magic of believing in God. There's a lot of magic out there, folks, and try to latch on to a few of them because you'll never find it if you don't believe in it. And you also could be kind to somebody. There's people out there right now. I know it's a big celebratory type of air time in the of the year, and people do get kind, you know, for a few days around Christmas. Try to stay with it. That smile, that nod, with grocery store, gas pump, standing in line at the quick shop, whatever. I, I try that all the time, and it works almost every time. People are friendly if you give them a chance. 6.30 tonight at the Show Me Center. Jess, we will see you over there. Okie doke. Stay tuned. Greeny is coming up. Jets talk straight ahead. Enjoy your Tuesday.